This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Career Talk on Business Radio. Here is your host, Dr. Don Graham. Welcome to Career Talk, your career insider. We are here on Business Radio, and we are powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM, Channel 132. Hey, if it's Thursday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, we're taking our calls all hour long. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. I'm the career director for the Wharton MBA program for executives. Right here in Philadelphia, I'm also a licensed psychologist and former corporate recruiter, and we have Dream Team in studio, Dion and Michelle, taking our calls right now. We have an awesome guest today, and I'm very, very excited that he is also in studio. Today, we welcome Joe Batista, keynote speaker, success coach, passioneer, and owner of Pragmatic Passion Consulting. Joe spent 26 years at Penn State University in a variety of roles, including as the head coach of the Penn State ice hockey team that captured six American Collegiate Hockey Association National Championships and won 512 games in 19 years. Holy cow. Joe is the author of the new book, The Power of Pragmatic Passion, Seven Common Sense Principles for Achieving Personal and Professional Success. Welcome, Joe. Don, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we are. Penn State. All right. We had to get that in there. We had to get that in there. I'm so excited that you came to the studio. So I have to ask you, though, what is a passion year? That's that's so unusual. It's, you know, Stephen Mezzacapa, a student at Penn State, was actually who I first heard that from. And it's really about somebody who doesn't just talk about passion, but actually goes out and does it and, and helps other people to try to create, develop and figure out what their passions are. And that's that's a big part of what we're going to talk about today, right? It's, you know, as you're doing this whole career thing, if you don't really know what it is you want, mm-hmm. what your values and interests are, how, you know, then how do you ever figure out what you're passionate about? Yeah, and this is this is something we talk about on the show a lot and and this idea of and, and you know, people say, "Oh, you have to just chase your passion." And I admit, I don't particularly like that advice because it puts a lot of pressure on somebody and it makes you think, well, shoot, I should be, you know, teaching people to jump out of airplanes. That's what I really want to do, even though I've never done it and it seems cool. And But I like your book because you add something to it that I think a lot of people miss, which is the pragmatic side. So what is pragmatic passion exactly, Joe? It, in, in a nutshell, it's dream big, but keep it real. And then go get it done. It, it's you've got to have aspirations, but you have to have a plan. You you have to be able to do that self analysis, and you have to understand. You know, using analytics, using assessments, and tools that are available to you. But you also gotta have somebody that can help you interpret that. And I think that's a piece that a lot of people miss. Is we go get coaches, and we hire people to help us for so many different things. This is the most important part of what you're going to do with your life. And people, there's that stigma. Uh, Well, I don't need to have somebody professional helping me. But as you know, if you don't act on all those different things you've found out, and you don't have somebody who can help you interpret it and really guide you to what 
you're going to enjoy doing uh, and that you're good at? And, oh, by the way, can you make money at it? And then what quality of life do you desire and what stage of life you're in? Mm-hmm. Because, Don, that's a big pet peeve of mine when I hear other people on the Internet you know, that just tell people, if you're not happy, just quit your job. Walk in there on Monday morning and you just tell them you're done. And I'm thinking, you can't make that kind of a blanket statement. How do you know the person doesn't have kids at home, paying a mortgage, has student loans to pay off? There's a more pragmatic you know, practical, commonsensical way of doing it. And that's why I teamed up pragmatic with passion. I love it. Let's talk about this this pragmatic side because you start with this dream big. I think we've, we've all got that. We all mm-hmm. dream big. I mean, we all have these ideas in our head. And then you come to your next point, which is keep it real. So, and you have seven principles for actually doing this, keeping it real. So, so let's dig into some of those. How do you keep it real? Well, uh, you know, the seven principles, uh, and, and this has been from my own experiences and, and just the books I've read. Which have been quite impressive. I mean, well, six championships. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> let's, just, let's just not downplay that. I well, mean, you know what? I, I will tell you, though, I really, I try to make sure that I correct people when they say I won them because I always ask people, you know, who really won them? The players did. I didn't block any shots. I didn't score any goals. I didn't make any saves. Okay, I'm going to challenge you. As, okay. and, and I don't know that much about hockey, so this is. Th- but here's the thing: <laughs> you were the coach, and just the moment ago, you were talking about how critical that role is. And I think you're right. I mean, I, I'm very pro get a coach, whether it's for your career or you're trying to to you know become a better speaker, whatever you're trying to do, because somebody who can look at you objectively and hold a mirror up to you and show you some of the things that maybe you don't want to look at or maybe you have not even seen is so much of what makes us successful. So yes, it was a team effort, but that coaching, very important. It's the difference between, in a sense, and I talk about this in the book, um, the difference between a mentor and a coach. A mentor is typically somebody that's going to help you guide through. They're going to they're going to stay positive for the most part. You know, the coach, you're that's somebody you're paying to to pretty much tell you some stuff you don't want to hear, mm-hmm. and and you're going to be better off having faced it. And and like you said, it's the mirror test, right? You've got to face the mirror, and the, that person staring back at you. I know it's a platitude, but you know, at the end of the day, that's the one you're accountable to. And, you know, we're all CEOs. We really are. We're the CEO of us, if nothing else. And I, I think that a lot of times people sell themselves short. I have some someone very close to me that we talked about before the show who doesn't have a high enough uh, opinion of her abilities. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so I got her a copy of your book, well, <laughs> Switchers. <laughs> thank you, Joe. Thank you for the plug. And, and yeah, and, and that's one of the things I say in Switchers is confidence breeds confidence. And here's the thing. The world needs the brilliance that you have. And I think a lot of people say that. A lot of people say, well, I don't have this. And I always I always say, you know, what if you stop showing up to work tomorrow? What if you stop? What would fall through the cracks? And people start to realize that there are so many things that would fall through the cracks. But sometimes, and you talk about this too, that you get so... Um, comfortable with the with what you do that you don't even see it as a skill anymore you don't even see it as an accomplishment because you're just so good at it and people are used to you being good at it but just imagine if you didn't show up tomorrow 
there's a lot of things that would fall through the cracks and those are your strengths. And I think everybody needs to, to step back and think about that as you're thinking about 2019 and what you want to do because you've got a lot to offer the world and it's time that you own that. We are going to go to the phones. Welcome to Steve in Pennsylvania. What's on your mind today, Steve? Hi, thanks for taking my call. Hey, I read the book, really enjoyed it, and uh, got an awful lot out of it. Uh, I like that you call it a common-sense approach, but yet, uh, uh, even though it is, there's a lot of uh, thought-provoking things in there and, and things that even an old, experienced guy like me can, can uh, grab onto and, and learn from. Well, I appreciate that. I, 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 I hope that you got out of it what, what I hope everybody will, and that you challenged yourself. Yeah, Steve, um, what, what, give us a tip specifically. So there are a lot of people listening who are thinking, yeah, i got to go out and buy this book. Give us something that, that was specific from this book that was like a wow moment for you. Well, one of the things I really liked is, is uh, uh, Joe says, uh, get yourself a partner to work with you through this process, which I, as you read through the book, you realize how important that is because it would be uh, maybe a little bit of human nature to slack off a little bit here or there. And also, um, later on, you talk about, Joe, you talk about having a mentor and who you would go to uh, for a mentor. And what I, I'd like for you maybe to expound on, on those two concepts. Could that be the same person, for example? Should they be separate? How do you, uh, I'm guessing that maybe a lot of people would find a, a partner or a mentor who had not done something like that before, and maybe they need to be coached on how to be uh, constructive and not too soft on the person. Right. Well, great point, Steve. And, I, and let me, I'll, I'll answer the first one. Yeah, the accountability partner. I mean, you think about the people out there, you know, that, that have life coaches, executive coaches, success coaches, you know, Oprah Winfrey, Serena Williams, Bill Gates, you know, Warren Buffett. I mean, if th- these are some of the most uh, recognizable names in the country, and if they understand the importance of having that accountability partner and and a what I call a pragmatic partner, that is the person that's going to keep you on course, right, and 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 hold you accountable to reading the book when you say you're going to do it, doing the exercises, because as you said, it's human nature. We tend to drift off, especially in this digitally distracted age that mm-hmm. we live in. And that's the second point that I make in the book is you got to do a digital detox. And I'm not naive enough to believe it's time to get rid of the digital devices. That's not what we're saying. That's the equivalent of telling Henry Ford, get off your Model T and get back on your horse. Uh, it's not going to change. We need to embrace technology. The difference is we can't let technology control us we have to control it and I've, i say you know when you and your pragmatic partner you know you're done you've got a 45 minutes an hour into this you've earned your 10 to 15 minute technology break <laughs> otherwise get get it, get rid of it get it out of your sight turn it off don't let the dings and the you know the vibration interrupt your thought process so then the with the mentor i think the accountability partner absolutely is a mentor uh but you should have others um, it's it's never a bad idea to get a second opinion, right, or a third. Um, and then, Steve, if you're if there's a specific skill you're talking about, like Don mentioned before, you want to improve as a public speaker. You know, maybe you're a procrastinator, whatever it is. Sometimes you just have to hire a coach. That that's where you got to go see. You know, if you're having kind of confidence problems, emotional issues, depression, anxiety, you got to go see a psychologist. Mm-hmm. You know, and and people need to get over that. 
and and you know check their ego in at the door. Ego. I'm yes. so glad you brought that up, Joe, because I, I I just had a conversation about somebody you know, and it's like ego gets in the way of all of our decisions. We have to make more money. We have to have a bigger title. We have to do this because what other people think. This is damaging your happiness. Well, it gets back to that person you're staring across in the mirror. What you know. In the book, I talk about you have to define success. What is success for you, Dawn? It's different than Steve. It's different than what my definition. But society makes us believe that it's my bank account. It's the size of my house, the type of car. And, you know, I'm sure you've read The Millionaire Next Door or heard about it. Uh, and, and, you know, the reality is you've got people who live this status lifestyle. And a lot of times their net worth is in negative numbers. Because they're leveraged to the hilt and they're in debt because they're trying to live this life where, you know, they they buy things that they don't need with money that they don't have to impress people they don't even know. And why? why, For what? You know, well said, Joe. Steve, thank you so much for giving us a call and endorsing this awesome book, The Power of Pragmatic Passion. Joe Batista, if you've not checked it out yet, you need to do that. Steve, we appreciate your call. Hey, you're listening to Career Talk. Channel 132, we are powered by the Wharton School. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and we are so excited to be talking about pragmatic passion all hour long. So we're going to go to Scott in Pennsylvania. Scott, welcome to the show. What's your question? Hi, Joe. Hi, Don. How are you today? Great. Great. Good. Joe, great book. Um, I've actually known Joe for many years, and uh, uh, one of the things that I really like that Joe talks about in his book, and he talks about outside of his book as well, is alternatives to four-year college. Yes. Uh, Joe, can you elaborate a little bit on that for us? Yeah, absolutely. You you know, we, again, as a society, we have somehow come up with this idea that the only way to be successful is you get a college degree. And as long as you get a college degree, it doesn't matter what school, where, when, how much money you go into debt, um, well, you have that degree and well, you're automatically going to be successful. And we know that that's simply not true. I mean, Harvard did a study where, you know, 49% of people who start off going to a four-year college never finish the degree. That's sad. Mm-hmm. And that tells me that people are not making good decisions. We know that we, uh, in the book, I talk one number, but I know that it's actually increased. We now have 44 million people that owe $1.5 trillion in student debt. Now, if you're going into debt because there's going to be a return on your investment that's worthwhile, I get that. If you're doing it just because, you know, hey, I get to go play in the band or I'm going to be able to be on the sports team at a particular school, is that really a justification for going a couple hundred thousand dollars in debt? So I think what we tell 18, first of all, why at 18 do you have to do any of this? That's the other big misnomer to me. I am a big fan of a gap year. I am a big fan of potentially going into the service, military service, or Peace Corps, AmeriCorps, any any of the things that give you some time to actually grow up before you decide to go to college, if you're not ready. Now, again, this doesn't apply to everybody, Dawn. You know that. It's it's an individual case. And, you know, Scott, I know I know – you know, looking at vocational schools and technical schools, that's we have a shortage of the trades. It's in so this true. It's Huge so true. Shortage. 
And, and, but again, people say, well, you know, being a plumber, being an electrician, you know, we somehow look down at that. Hey, when was the last time you had something fixed? Well, not only that, but has anybody <laughs> looked at the salaries these yes. individual makes? I mean, we had a, we had a pre-break quiz show or question, Joe, about the most, the busiest day for plumbers is the day after Thanksgiving. Insert reasons why. But, um, <laughs> the fact is, is that, you know, you're going to charge a premium on a holiday for going out and fixing people's plumbing on, uh, on a holiday. So, I mean, look at the cash. And this is, again, where the ego gets in the way. It's like, I, I, I want something that's that's more prestigious or this or that. And it's like, hey, what do you really want to do? Right. Well, and nobody asks kids that question. And nobody asks college students. Nobody asks the person that's in a midlife crisis. You know, let, let's go back to the foundational part of this. You know, what are your values? You know, what if you're, work, you're asked to do a job where it just doesn't align with what you believe in, mm-hmm. what matters most to you? You know, then why do you put yourself in a position to go into a career like that? Is it just to make money? Well, you know, okay, people talk about they want to be happy. Well, hap, trying to be happy all the time, I think that's, that's another fantasy that's out there. You know, not every day is Super Bowl Sunday, you know, Stanley Cup day. It just doesn't work like that. Most days you're grinding it out anyway, and I don't care what job you're in. So, Scott, to get to get back to what you're saying, I really encourage parents, you know, and, and people that are looking to transition because things haven't worked out, don't ever look down on the skilled trades. Uh, we need them. We There's need them. plenty of people out there that can make six figures being electricians and plumbers and technicians and you know uh, and it by the way that is not easy to do either people have to understand that you know if you're going to go into those technical skills you still have to have study skills you've you've still got to do that so take care of that first by the way if you're really not good at studying go see a coach to do that take a class that's going to teach you to improve your study skills so and that doesn't matter that whether you're a high school student or you're you're a senior that's retired and looking to do an encore career and everything in between. Yeah, I think I think the 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 thing I'm pulling from what you're saying, Joe, is you know don't just go with the easy answer or the popular answer, but really dig in and say you know is this for me? And I think a lot of us do that because we think I don't know what I want to do, so so going to, to four years of college just is what everybody does, so I'm going to do it too. And the, you have a choice; you yes. don't have to do that. And I think that's such a good thing I, to remember. I, I see kids that that you know three four years outside of school because you know I live in State College. I worked at Penn State for the bulk of my career, so I'm around. I see the alums when they come back. I run into a couple of our uh, recent graduates at a, at a game on the road, and you know, aerospace engineering major and a kinesiology major. Hey, that's awesome! So, what, what, what are you guys doing now? Um, well, I'm, I'm a manager of a call center. Well, you have an aerospace engineering degree. Like, how how is that? Like, what's going on? Well, I just haven't been able to find a job in aerospace. It's like, wait a minute. If you're smart enough to have an aerospace engineering degree, maybe you just need to tweak it, look at it through a little bit of different lens. Maybe you need to go back, take one or two other classes, and now you're qualified to be in electrical engineering positions or mechanical engineering positions. Don't pigeonhole yourself. And, and, and do that. You really need to think outside. And then the kinesiology major, you know, says, well, I'm, I'm working at a restaurant and bartending because I haven't been able to find a job. And, and you think to yourself, look, you, you've developed these skills and the knowledge. So you have these competencies. 
You just have to figure out, look at it from a different perspective and point of view. Yeah, and I'll take even one step further. I think we, you know, people who work at universities and colleges, need to do a better job of not only training individuals in these competencies, but teaching them how to get a job. This is a skill in and of itself, and I will say that I am I am definitely trying to, to lead the charge or at least support that charge because it is important to understand that getting a job is not as easy as slapping up your your online application and having things happen and it doesn't work that way anymore. And so I think that's something else that, that four-year colleges need to do a better job. And I think a lot of trade schools actually do a great job of helping their individuals land. So I think when you're looking to make that decision about four-year college, trade school, gap year, whatever it is, is to make sure what you're investing in is what you're going to get and do your due diligence to do that. Scott, thank you so much for giving us a call. And we're going to go to Jason in Pennsylvania. Welcome to the show, Jason. What's on your mind today? Hello. How are you doing, Dr. Graham and Hall of Fame coach Joe Batista? There you go. There you go. I'm just going to call this. I'm going to change it. This is going to become the Joe Batista show like for this week. So so we're just oh, you're, you're listening to the Joe Batista show on Sirius XM, channel 132. And, and we're, yeah, we're taking all your calls. Go for it, Jason. You can't forget that. Uh, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, this is a really powerful and transformational book. I love the core principles. I love the, the ideas here. They're really powerful, especially as an entrepreneur, a young entrepreneur. And so Jim Collins talks about a hedgehog concept. Mm-hmm. Passion finders are, are found all over the place in um, masterminds, just like Julian Gordon. The speed of trust, Stephen Covey speaks about trust and its direct relationship to economics. And so as you talk about these principles, these pragmatic planning and passionate principles, I just kind of want to hear a little bit of the backstory and how you believe that they translate into professional and economic success. Because these are mindsets. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate that. And, and you know, so if you, you look at the word passion, you know, I, I, I broke it down into an uh, acronym um, so that the P is your purpose. The A is for your attitude. The first S is sacrifice, then it's servant leadership, inspiration, options, and nurture. And I I always joke around about how I I did that, not so that the reader and the listeners wouldn't forget it, but because I'm getting older and I want to make sure I don't forget. (laughs) So um, I created, you know, I, I, I always ask people, you know, I love Dr. Stephen Covey. I've read most of the books that he's put out, and his his son uh, wrote one for teenagers. And uh, so I'm very – but I I always ask people, name me the seven habits. And people have – they struggle with that. And I said, you know, i got to make this simpler (laughs) so people will remember. So what I ask, Jacob, is is that if – you're going to make some transformational decision. I'm not talking about what restaurant you're going to eat at tonight, you know, that sort of thing. But you're talking about a career life decision. Apply questions. Does it align with my purpose and support my values, my passions? You know, that's number one. Will you take the proper attitude into it? And then are you willing to make the sacrifices? And that's a that's a part where I think a lot of people get caught up that's that keep it real part mm-hmm. we actually got to go out there and make some tough calls and tough decisions the servant leadership part of it is are you going to put others first because normally when we do whatever 
value proposition. You know, you talk about BVPs in your book, mm-hmm. right? The brand value proposition. You know, whatever value you're going to, to me, you're going to be successful. And Jason, this gets to the economic part of it. If it's serving other people, if it is filling somebody's gap, if it is you know, creating uh, the solution to their challenge. So if you're being really focused in on how am I serving other people, well, that that's a big part of this. Inspiration gets back to who are your mentors, who are your coaches, check your ego at the door. If you need help with a certain skill, you've got to be willing to do it. Options gets back to, all right, we're going to do a very specific um, circumstance, situation, um are we making informed decisions? Have we developed realistic, pragmatic, and practical, commonsensical options? And then are we making informed decisions? That gets back, again, to keep it real, are you doing your research? You know, Or are you just believing whatever you heard on one article or one radio show or some friend told you, trust but verify? And then nurture really gets back to never, ever stop learning. Uh, the day you think you know it all, you're, you're in trouble. And, and so I think, you know, a big part of this is if you can answer those seven questions and, and do it with confidence, and, you know, and again, it spells out the word passion on purpose, um, then I think you're going to put yourself in a position where your career is not only going to be financially uh, better for you, it is going to make you happier, more fulfilled. You're going to have a more meaningful life. And oh, by the way, sometimes it doesn't happen overnight. <laughs> most of the time, <laughs> most of the it time, does not. It does so, not. It's just, it just the tip of the iceberg that most of us see. Joe, well said. Um, you know, Jason, thanks for giving us a call and for promoting this great book, The Power of Pragmatic Passion. You're listening to The Joe Batista Show on Sirius XM <laughs> Channel 132, <laughs> which I am I am thrilled to say. And Joe, where can people reach you if they want to learn more about you? I'll tell you what, Joe at PragmaticPassion.com. And if they can go there, they can learn all about the different things that I do and uh, find out more about the book. Find out more about uh, what I do as a success coach and uh, as a keynote speaker. And uh, I, I don't like to call myself a motivational speaker. I just, you know, to me, it, it, it's got to go deeper than that. Mm-hmm. Right? If somebody wants to hire me to come in and do the rah-rah speech, the locker room speech, great. You know, I can do that. But I, I really believe that it's, you know, more powerful to be the guide by the side than the sage on the stage. Right? And the passion. Look at you with your, your, your phrase. I love it. <laughs> I love it. That's good branding. The, the, the guide on the side. Yeah. I like it. I well, like and it. I'll tell you what. That come, uh, I have, a, I have a, a mentor of my own, Brad Mitchell, who is the CEO, president of the National Athletic and Professional Success Academy. And I owe an awful lot to him and my teammates on NAPSA. Uh, we're, we're working helping professional athletes, predominantly football players, uh, in their post-career transition. Can and- we say we do nothing great alone? I think that's worth saying. We do nothing great alone. It is the people who support us. It is our coaches. It is the people who show up. Despite the weather, this <laughs> is how we gain success. So we're going to continue with our theme of checking our egos at the door and share a very special treat with all of our listeners for the holidays. So Michelle, Dion, and I are very excited about this next bit because as a thank you 
to our listeners and a fun way to get into the holiday spirit, we've created a song to help you with your job search. And while it's a little too long to play in full on the air, we'll be tweeting it the full version, that is, on my Twitter page at Dr. Don Graham after the show. I'm, I, I want to know, like, what's it going to take for me? We, we should do this oh, like, yeah, yeah. regularly, don't you think? Like songs? <laughs> yeah, we should do a song together. That was awesome. That- you, you do. You, you guys have way too much fun here, <laughs> which is great. It's great. Well, and I think part of that is, Joe, it's like the job search is always looked at as this torturous activity. And I think that's kind of why we, we are here each week, because we want you to Put that energy, and we all have a finite amount of energy, into doing it right so that you can get the job you love and not have to go through all of the torturous parts of it. And that's that's kind of what we do here each week on Career Talk, and we, we do it for, for our listeners. And so we're so excited you're here because that's what your book is all about. Your book, The Power of Pragmatic Passion, is about helping people get to that area of their life where where they have a job that matches their values and matches their their purpose and matches all of those things that are so important. And as you point out in your book, there's there's about 13% of people who are in their ideal job. And what you and I do is to try and get those the rest of them, <laughs> the other 87%, into that path. Yeah. Well, Gallup's you know, study that's been going on for a while now. Every time I that that was one of those things that really stood out to me, and I talk about it in the book. Is you know, thirty three percent of people are engaged at work, sixteen percent are actively toxic. That that just blows my mind. But I really wanted to focus on that fifty one percent who, as Gallup says, are just there, and that's sad. Mm-hmm. That's sad to me. I you know, I've always I was I I feel blessed that I had a career where my wife said I used to leap out of bed to go to do my job. I loved yep. coaching. I loved being in the facilities business. Uh, I loved helping people and, and eventually yeah. transitioned into becoming a fundraiser. Shout out to Heidi. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you, <laughs> she's put up with a lot. That's my wife. And, you know, as, as, I, as I say a lot of times, she's allowed me to prolong adolescence. And, uh, you know, I was busy raising other people's children while she raised our three. And, you know, I Again, love her. I love her for that. It goes back to support. It yes. goes back to that support. So, Joe, I have a question that, that maybe isn't asked a lot. But you know, how do you know if it's time to maybe give up on something? I mean, is there a give up time? There absolutely is. There is a big difference between persistence and perseverance in my mind. And I'm sure there's data to support that out there, research. Um, Sometimes if you're persistent to a fault, you're, you're really just being stubborn and eventually it ends up leaving you futile and, mm-hmm. and, you know, can lead to depression and, you know, uh, feelings that you're just a failure. Um, th- there comes a point where you got to pivot. You got, you got to be able to take a step back. And that's where checking the ego in at the door, being able to go and seek professional help and, you know, find it. I, you know, I know that it's easy to say, well, I just can't afford it. I can't afford it. I don't have the time. I don't have the money, whatever. I, I'm, I, I get frustrated as an old coach. But you, you, know? you talk about excusitis. I tried yes. to like pronounce this, but I like that you use that in your book. A- excusitis. It's, yeah. It, it, you it, say it. Yes. I mean, look, we can make up all the excuses we want. And, and I'm a real big believer in take charge of your life. 
Um, you know, you, you don't depend on somebody else. Don't wait for somebody else to come to you with the solution. You need to be proactive and, and you've got to be willing to ask hard questions and you've got to be willing to make yourself vulnerable and, and let down your veneer and, and give the answers that matter. And, and that is so hard. And we see that again with professional athletes, you know, for the first time, a lot of them are asked to do that when they're, you know, their careers, the average career is 3.2 years for a professional athlete across all sports. And so even the kids that make it, you know, get a division one scholarship, that number's not as big as people think. Well, they, they go through this and, and it's hard because they're being asked to make themselves vulnerable where they were always supposed to be these strong people. You know, I, I look at somebody like a Mia Hamm, you know, who's a, a role model for so many young women uh, in, in soccer. Right. And, uh, you know, uh, I'll bet you she's had those times where she's had to go back and ask for guidance, ask for help. So don't don't be afraid to do that because, again, you, I think you do reach a point where you've got to know what your limitations are, mm-hmm. right? That doesn't mean you give up. You don't you don't have to give up. You just need to reframe things, look at it differently. Okay, I have this skill set, and I'm and I'm banging my head off the wall, and I'm not getting anywhere. You know, well, quit trying to hit the wall harder. Just take that step back. Maybe you got to walk around the wall. Yep. <laughs> okay. I mean, it sounds simple. The point is, look at it through a different set of lenses, a different perspective, and ask for help. And maybe you can figure out, you know what? Maybe I'm not going to be able to do this. But if I just change one thing, maybe it's taking an online class. Maybe it's going to take a community college class at night. Maybe it's having to find uh, somebody that's willing to, you know, be your your mentor. And sometimes you got to hire a coach. You just have to do that. And, and we think of the word coach in the sports term only, and that's that's a that's a problem. We all need coaches. And oh, by the way, we all need to be mentors to other people, coaches to other people. That that you said it earlier. Nobody gets things done by themselves. You know, if you're going to be great, you got to be great together. So these are these are the kinds of things to me. If you can understand that. You know, this idea of never, never give up. You know, Winston Churchill, that quote, I say that in the book, that it's 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 kind of misused because he refers to never give up in terms of, you know, war, where you're fighting for your pure survival. But his quote actually talks about unless it's in terms of, you know, good sense and, and honorable things and legal things. You know, there's times you, you got to give up mm-hmm. because you're literally – You've reached that state of futility. And if we can take that, just take a step to the left, take a step to the right, take a step backwards in order to go forward, that you can do that. It's always easier to do it if you've got somebody helping you. I like what you talk about, too, in the book is that, you know, okay, not everybody's going to be a, an NFL football player or, mm-hmm. or, you know, these are these are big dreams. And there's that very small handful of people are getting there. But but what I like about it is if you if you know that's your passion and you go through your steps of, of you know, going through the the passion seven steps, mm-hmm. you might decide that you're really good at accounting and that you're going to be the accountant for an NFL football team. And so, you know, you get to combine certain things. And I, I love that if you know what your passion is, you can move in that direction. And like you said, go maybe around and find something on the periphery that is equally as satisfying and, and you know, hits that need. 
Absolutely. Well, you just described what happened to me. I grew up thinking I was going to play in the NHL. You couldn't tell me any different. And, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to find an academic counselor at Penn State, Jim Kelly, who helped me. He gave me the assessments that I never had before. It helped me get a better picture of what my strengths were, you know, what, what were the things that I liked to do. And that helped me because I started off as a nuclear engineering major. Why? Somebody said I was good at math and science, and my mother worked for the Westinghouse Nuclear Center. You know, okay, when do we drop the puck? That's all I wanted to know. And, and you know, eventually I got to the point where I, I knew I wasn't cut out to be an engineer. And I, I made a pivot, and I went and asked for help. And, and it, it was a process. It didn't happen overnight. It took several months. Uh, I still remember when I came home and my father said, uh, you know, uh, did you find yourself when – because I literally dropped out of school for a, a, one of our terms until I figured it out. And, and that was the best decision I ever made. And I, I stayed. My hockey was my passion. I stayed in it. I just got into it on the sales and marketing mm-hmm. side. I got into the business side. And I had no intention of becoming a coach when I graduated from college. It it worked itself out because I, I just kind of grew and grew my passion for that, my interest in it. And I, and I started to help do what you have to do to become an expert, master a craft. Because I say it in the book, we always say, but just follow your dreams. Just find your passion. Just do what you love and the money will follow. And I think that's some of the worst advice we can give people. Agree. And I know you, I've listened to you. I agree. I know you agree with this. It's, yeah, you should follow your dreams and your passions to help inspire you to learn the skills and knowledge it takes to master a craft. Mm-hmm. Then you'll be successful. You, it, it just doesn't happen because you believe it's going to happen. I, I, am, I, I like to use the line from one of my favorite movies, Field of Dreams. You know, if you build it, they will come. And I have to remind people, that movie's a fantasy movie, okay? <laughs> so there's a big difference between a dream and a fantasy. A fantasy is just that. Go play the lottery. Okay, you know, if you that, that if you want to dream, you can act on your dreams. You got to write it down. You got to you know expand on it. You've got to have goals, and you need a coach. Joe, it's been a pleasure having you on Career Talk, which we're, we're renaming for this hour the Joe Batista Show. <laughs> um, you you have so many fans of the book, and and well deserving. It is a book that everybody needs to read if they're thinking about how do I even get started at building a career that's purposeful. And here's how I know we're kindred spirits because we use the exact same quotes in our book. And it was if it wasn't hard, everyone would do it. It's the hard that makes it great. Name the movie, Dion. I have no idea. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. <laughs> come on. Come on. A League of Their Own, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Speaking to Gina again. Davis, it's one of my favorite <laughs> scenes of that movie. It is, it is the scene of that. I mean, there's yeah. so many good ones. It's a good movie. You should watch it over the holidays if you have some extra time. Anyway, you've been listening to Career Talk Series XM Channel 132, and I want to thank you, Joe, for driving out here and coming in studio. Love your energy. Love your book one last time. 
The Power of Pragmatic Passion. Great gift for yourself or for your loved ones. And Michelle and Dion, you guys make this show fun. And if you missed it, our 12 Steps of Job Search, we had a blast putting that together for you. It is packed with lots of great job search tips. But, you know, in career talk spirit, it is just fun. So thank you again to all of our listeners and callers. You've been listening to Career Talk on SiriusXM Channel 132, and we will see you next time. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.